Drink it in, drink it in Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on everybody? It's game week, I'm recording here on Thursday evening. We're about to have real football between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Our Lions will be live with all their starters, all their ball players Sunday against San Francisco. I can't wait to talk all about it. Everybody, I'm your host Derek Oker here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm going to come to you twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Main goal, really the only goal of the show, is to serve you up a big glass of that Detroit Kool-Aid to entertain and have some fun. So drink it in, everybody. Drink it in now. So everybody, as you can imagine, I have like a jam-packed show here. I did my Wednesday show. It's been a busy, hectic week, couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever it is. There's lots going on here for myself, and I know everybody else is busy as well. So, you know, Wednesday I gave you a different type of show. I said, you know, for the Friday show, I'm going to give you a little something, something as we head into this football game. So lots to talk about. We'll just dive right into it. First thing I want to talk about is something that was really surprising. This just came across a little bit before I got recording. I guess something's up with Taylor Decker. I mean, uh, word going around, he's got some finger issue, he didn't practice. There's a lot of people in the know that are saying he might or probably or unsure if he'll play on Sunday. And that surprises me a lot because, you know, this guy's the consummate professional. He's the leader on that offensive line, very highly paid at this point. And always seems to be out there. So for a finger, hand, injury, whatever you want to call it, to keep this guy out of the opening game would be very disconcerting. Now, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know what the injury is. You know, some people say, oh, it's just a finger. And I've been a guy that feels that way to some degree too. But when you're talking offensive lines, a lot of hand work, a lot of being able to grab, clutch, whatever it is. And if he can't do that at the level he needs to, then he shouldn't be out there to some degree because you need a left tackle to be playing at his uh, you know, premier absolute best going against a pass rush like the 49ers have as well as protecting that blind side of the quarterback. So he's got to be right. But my hope is he can tape it up, you know, even if he's got to put some type of – 
apparatus on his hand and still be able to be out there and be the Taylor Decker that we expect. Now, what I want to get into quickly is people were just like, oh, Penny Sewell will be over there. You know, some of the uh, glorious beat writers that you guys know either aren't my faves or just want a story and make a story out of everything. We're like, oh, put Penny Sewell over there. Penny Sewell will start at left tackle. Um, after we've been training him and he's been working at the right the whole time. And, you know, I, I've said on this show before that, hey, if there's injury, he could go to left because of his history. But but here's my take now, and even in this scenario. If Taylor Decker can't go, I'd be very apprehensive to just flip Penny Sewell over there, especially if it's a minor injury, because this guy's been retraining his brain, his footwork, everything to go to the right side. Now you want him just to change it on a few days' notice and go back to the left again, and then you're going to send him back to the right again um, if Taylor Decker gets right in a week or two? I, I wouldn't do that. I would just leave the kid over there, find another option, figure it out over on the left side, and go. Again, I'm really hoping that Taylor Decker can play. This was very surprising to hear, especially based on the nature of the injury or how it sounds when you say it, finger injury. Um, you really hope that, that he can be out there and 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 be that left tackle that we know him to be and want him to be for this football team. So that, that was some news and notes off the top. Now, before I get into my next topic, which would be kind of a fun, uh, different type topic I'll have a little fun with, I, I want to do a quick promo for my other podcast. Drops Thursday morning. It's called B-L-E-A-V. That's pronounced Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. And I've been doing that show for a while, probably a season and a half now, whatever it is. I started it out on my by myself. The Lions legendary safety Benny Blades came on for a while. We had a lot of fun talking football. He had to bow out due to business and life obligations that he had going on. I've had some friends. I've had Logan Lamarandier, different people on there. And then I went back solo a little bit with Benny, but in the last few weeks... The Believe Podcast Network folks and myself, we were able to get Jack Cavanaugh on board. He's a, doing things with Pro Football Focus. He's got a couple different websites, fantasy football, you know, blogging, all the different things he's doing. And I don't know, there's something about Jack, man. He's just a fun guy to talk to, real easy along with. He's got energetic takes and thoughts and strong opinions about the Lions overall. He B-L-E-A-V, uh, believes in the Lions as well. So that's becoming a real fun show, and as I teased the last couple of weeks, we may have a couple of really nice surprises on the on the way for you as well. Things are really ramping up with that show, with football now upon us, and with me and Jack growing, getting some chemistry, being able to have a lot of fun with each other, joking back and forth, and, and talking ball. So if you haven't checked that out, this is just a little promo to say, you know, you can't get enough lines, especially now that we're in the football season. So pull up your... You know, your podcast platform that you use, type in B-L-E-A-V, Believe in Lions, and uh, go check that out. Hit that subscribe button, and uh, we'll be giving that to you once a week as well. So that's three Lions shows coming from me and uh, other other people that I work with um, talking Lions football. So I wanted to get that in. Now, now let's get to this next topic. This is this is an either-or, a tomato-tomato. Uh, what, what do you prefer versus what is actually happening? Most people, when they say number 88's name or his nickname, they're going with Hawk. You hear, you know how I say it on the show. TJ Hawkinson. You know, H-O-C-K. But, but every once in a while, you hear an interview or teammates, and they'll call him Hawk. H-A-W-K. You know, 
Iowa Hawkeye, you know, just uh, it probably has some other meanings as well. Like, do you like Hawk or do you like Hawk for number 88? I mean, I'm going to go with H-O-C-K. You know, it just makes a little bit more sense, a little easier, but I have heard him say that. So I wanted to see, what do you guys think out there? What do you like better? But this is what I want to talk about, Mr. Hawkinson. Now, for years on the Mitch Album show, they had Matt Stafford on. You want to talk about a puff piece. You want to talk about a love affair between Mitch Album and his good old buddy, or so he thinks, Matt Stafford. You know, he'd come on, he'd say the same ho-hum, you know, type answers to everything. You know, he just, you know, they they give him these fluff questions. It would be this, this big love fest. You know, it, it was very hard to listen to. It really was, you know, as... Quite a few of, of Matt Stafford's, you know, interviews and public appearances and things got to be. It was just kind of like, come on, man. Can you say something interesting? Can you say something entertaining? I mean, again, he's just getting babied and like every answer, you know, begins with, you know, um. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I think you're uh, You know, it sounded something like that. Again, compliments, 97 won the tickets uh, for putting out that great gem. And I, I only bust it out every once in a while and try to give them credit. But that is funny, and that's basically how it sounded. But now Mitch Album has been forced to pick someone else other than his, his best pal there, a guy that you can just have these fluff pieces in the, you know, he writes or when he's on the radio, whatever he's doing these days. But now they decided to get T.J. Hawkins. And... I mean, you want to talk about just an odd pair. You want to talk about oil and water. Is Mitch Album and our guy, Hawk. I mean, first of all, I want to say this. Again, if, if Mitch Album has had some type of medical issues or if he just came back from the orthodontist or something was going on, but my man sounded like Daffy Duck on this interview that I listened to. I mean, he's slurring every word. He just, you know, it's like when you're trying to listen to something and it just sounds so odd the way the person's talking and pronouncing things and slurring and s's and you know it just it sounded really bad so again if it's a medical thing he's got going on i apologize but it sounded really bad so i don't know what happened to mitch album and the way he speaks but like it was just so horrible because tj hawkinson was a great interview i mean all of his answers were great the the questions were terrible. The questions were very odd, but I still took a few things away that I thought were entertaining, so I'll just give those to you here quickly. Mr. Hawkinson said that one difference with Dan freaking Campbell is that he actually works with the offense and the defense. He basically straight out said that Matt Pat, Matty P, Matt Patricia, whatever you want to call him, he didn't even ever head over to the offense. He didn't know what was going on in the offense. He didn't spend any time with the offensive people whatsoever. Now, Hawkinson didn't say all that, but he definitely said straight up that they didn't see much of Matt Patricia ever. He was only dealing with the defense, only. So that's eye-opening, which we all kind of knew, but you'd think he'd at least have some clue what's going on over there or hang out with his players. Then he went on to talk about 
his guy, JG. They asked him about Jared Goff. Why? Because Mitch Alvin was trying to set him up to say, like, well, you know, how great Stafford is and, like, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure. And instead, Hawkinson just went into rate about how much JG was his guy. And he said he loves football. He tells his players what to do straight up. He basically said, without saying, they go in and watch film, and JG, Jared Goff, is saying, hey, I need you here. I need you to do this. I need you at this depth. Like, get it straight. Get the bleep straight, or and let's go. Where it sounded like Matt Stafford either really wasn't watching tape that way with his players or wasn't calling them out, which I've been on the record of saying that he probably was that passive-aggressive guy, not the guy demanding things like that in the film room from his players. Hawkinson also said that JG is so much cooler because he's so much younger. He's down with the vibe. He's got a girlfriend. They're hanging out around town. He's cool with the fellas. Where Stafford obviously had reached that point where he's a family man. He's got four or five kids. He's got his wife. He's not going to do anything fun. I mean, every once in a while, he'd probably be, uh, you know, half entertaining or hang with the fellas, but not the way Jared Goff's going to do at this point, trying to get to know everybody and get that respect that you need. So that was not only really eye-opening, that was kind of like you can see just that bond that these younger players now on the Detroit Lions have with this guy that they didn't have with number nine it didn't matter how much X's and O's he knew or how hard he could throw the football like you know these guys they just didn't hang with them very much and yeah they had a football vibe but they didn't have anything off the field um that was substantial is what I took away so that was interesting uh what else did Hawkinson say he said that <laughs> he said, yeah, man, uh, Jared Goff's fun. You know, he's got a girlfriend. We hang out. We, uh, you know, his teammates. And then he slides in. And, and you know, recently, you know, I, I'm settling in. And they were like, what does settling in mean? And, of course, Mitch Album, are you married? Are you a friend? You know, all these goofy, nerdy questions. And Hawkinson's like, uh, you know, I, 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 I got a girlfriend now. I'll give her that title. And they were like, what do you call her? <laughs> he was kind of like, well, I normally just call them friends. And I, I thought that was very funny. Again, I do have a little bit of concerns about TJ Hawkinson off the field. If he's going to get himself in some hot water, do something that could keep him off the field, you know, a suspension or otherwise. But. I do love him. He is entertaining, and he is straight up and honest, and that was funny too. So he's got a lady in his life. It sounds like he's had maybe a few other ladies that he didn't call, uh, you know, girlfriends or, you know, they were acquaintances or friends. You know what I'm saying. Um, And, you know, there was one funny story to kind of end it where they asked him, you know, if he's always been a tight end. And Hawkins was like, it's a funny story. He goes, you know, we were filling out seventh grade football or something, and they put your name and then what your position was. And so he put TJ Hawkinson quarterback, and he passed this paper along. And his buddy, like, you know, six spots down the row, scratched off quarterback <laughs> and wrote in tight end, and then went down to his name and put his name in and put quarterback. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was that was tremendous, and and um, you know they gave him grief about it. Hawkinson's like, how can I hate on the guy? You know, I, I can't disown him. It worked out real well for me because he's doing real big things. He's gonna get paid here in a couple years. There's no question. So you know, great interview by Hawkinson. You know, very odd 
talking and vibe with Mitch Album. You know, Kenny Brown, I think, is the other guy on there. I mean, he's pretty cool, but of course he can't do or say much because it's the old Mitch Album show. But it's it's oil and water, there's no question. But TJ Hawkins is worth a listen if you guys want to find that and, and check it out because he, he was great. So let's, um, hmm, let's see. Let's do one more thing, and then we'll take our commercial break. So I'll just tee this up. After the break, we're going to talk all about this um, 49ers and Lions game, give you kind of a game flow preview of maybe how I see this one going down, talk about some of the matchups. You can also hear more about that on the Believe in Lions show that we did. We talked about matchups and players and different things like that on that show. But uh, before I go to break, I just want to say, man, Life's been so crazy. There's so much going on, you know, family and work and uh, lots of other things. But this is going to be a big time football weekend for me. Like I'm still, you know, here in the state of Michigan, you know, been staying around for uh, for family reasons and, and some other situations. But, um, you know, definitely know that my time might be coming to an end where I may be moving away or doing some different things and got some exciting things on the horizon, I believe. And uh, that might not happen here in the state of Michigan. And, um, you know, this weekend is going to be great. Like, I'm really just kind of putting other things on pause. I've kind of told my work uh, and football work and weekend things that I do that I just I can't do it because I'm taking a little break. And uh, I'm going to kind of get done with another couple busy days of work here on Thursday, Friday, whatever. And then, you know, Saturday, I'm just going down, hanging out with a real good uh, buddy and some other friends. And we're hitting up that Michigan night game against Washington, uh, you know, UW coming to the big house for a evening game. It's a maze out. If you're going to that game, wear your maze, your yellow, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be crazy. And uh, just going to have a lot of fun, like hanging out, tailgating, walking around Ann Arbor, which is always great. And like I said, it was so great to watch college football last week because the fans make all the difference. It was a whole different game. It was a whole different vibe. Michigan came out and played really solid football. I was super disappointed to see Ronnie Bell get injured. That was a huge bummer, but you know, gosh, he had just made some plays. I was really excited to watch him this year. I even have called him kind of a poor man's Odell at times, the way he makes plays. And I mean, I said that long ago on on some different things or people I talked to, and then he goes out and makes that one-hander that they took away from him, then a 75-yard touchdown, then a great punt return or whatever, and then he... He just blows out his knee, I think, is the is the injury. So that, that's terrible. But the football team overall looks interesting, and uh, we're going to get after it this Saturday. So that's going to be really fun. And then when we get done with that, I mean, we don't have much time to recover or get rolling because that next morning we'll be out tailgating downtown Detroit for uh, Lions 49ers. So back-to-back football games, first games of the year, fantasy football. We're going to be grilling. You know, it's just going to be incredible. So I can't wait for all that. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it because it's hard to put life on pause. I've said this to friends, family, whoever, you know, people in my life to just say, there's just a few times a year. They just need to put things on pause and say, man, I'm going to go hang out with friends. I'm going to go to a game, go to a concert, go do whatever it is you like to do. um, And then get back to the normal you know, work, grind, family, kids, whatever it may be. That's that's kind of how I operate is uh, a handful of times a year. I really just, you know, 
do something great again and not just something at the house you got to like pay for tickets to go on a plane flight go to a city you know do a couple things that are just really extraordinary and then you'll still have your at home days away or your little things but go big and then also know that yeah we all are working and you know dealing with family obligations and all the other stuff that comes along with life there's no question but enjoy yourself so i hope everybody really enjoys this first nfl week second week of college football is back baby and i can't be more excited so everybody let's take a quick break get our great sponsors in here come back talk some 49ers i want to talk about the lions underdogs being treated like nothing talk a little bit about that you get a game prediction and you might want to stay to the end of the show i might have a little surprise for you a little something something so everybody we'll be right back get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Thank you so much for the sponsors. Thank you for it. Subscribe on the show. Love it. Always getting feedback from people. Hey, love the show. Love that that drop you did. Um, entertain me. You know, all that stuff I get, which is great. I do have a lot of fun doing this show and the Believe in Lion show. There's no question about it. And uh, just love talking ball, talking football, talking Detroit Lions, Michigan Wolverines, fantasy football hoops, hockey, whatever it may be. So let's go and get into this right now. We're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. And again, I could go position by position. I could give you, you know, the 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 over-under scores. You know, we've kind of talked about some of that on my other shows. What I want to do is just 
let's put ourselves in our seats kind of at home or at Ford Field, you know, 1259, about to be kickoff, and kind of see how this game might flow. So I'll just sort of talk you through kind of what I see. And and one thing I see is, you know, again, I, I would love for the Lions offense to get the ball the first time they have the football and really have a productive drive. Now, do I need a huge touchdown or anything? Not necessarily, but I would love Jared Goff to be kept clean and be able to operate, you know, do his thing, throw some balls, put some, get some positive plays going, as well as in the run game, I love to beat people up a little bit, you know, push the line of scrimmage, get a couple first downs, show some gritty yards, and throw the ball to DeAndre Swift, all those things that we're looking for. But this is the thing I really want. Let's bump all that that I just said. How about the Lions offense comes out first play, huddle up, come out of the huddle, you know, in a normal type of formation and set hut and they 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 give a little, you know, ball fakes to to Swift and Jared Goff just throws the ball as far as he can down the field, field to Tyrell Williams. You just send him on a straight go down the sideline and see if you can't get yourself a big time touchdown because here's one thing about Tyrell If you just give him a chance and if they don't have like a double safety look back there, he'll go up and get the football. He really will. So I love them just on cork one again. You're probably going to get a catch or a pass interference. And it's a it's, you know, a a rarity on a negative if you're going to get interception. But I would love to see that or a trick play deep ball or a trick play. First play of the game. Set the tone. You know, get everybody on their heels. Get people excited. That would be awesome. Um, You know, if, if they don't do that, if they go traditional, get some get some positive stuff because I think it's more important for the offense to get rolling than, than the defense. And a lot of you might say, well, the defense was the problem last year. The defense was horrible. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. I mean, gosh almighty, was it bad. I mean, you, you, you got to ask, like, I don't know, like a guy like Chuck Barkley how bad it was. That's terrible. I agree, Charles. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. The defense was. You know why it was? Because we had Matt Patricia scheming up New England defenses with the players that didn't fit. We didn't have any nasty beasts that were up front and were healthy. We we were trying to make our corners and safeties play all this man coverage. They couldn't do it. Yeah, you continued to do it, so... I mean, yeah, it was terrible on so many levels. There's, there's, there's no question about it. But, I, I mean, the defense, you know, you'd love to see them get off the field early on some third downs, get their confidence up. Now, San Francisco is no joke on both sides of the ball. So I don't see this being, you know, a, a wonderful game for the Lions uh, by any means. I see them having struggles at times moving it. I see a couple turnover or two probably happening for them. I see, you know, some sacks that are going to be tough to watch. But one thing I'm hoping for this team as we kind of work our way through this game is in this, we're, we're still in the first quarter, first half or whatever. Again, you need to get that early confidence. You need to make a couple plays where your team can can whoop it up, get off the field a little bit, feel good about themselves. And you need to hang tight, you know, in regards to the score. Like, let's say San Francisco comes down early in one of their first few drives and gets a touchdown. Well, you got to answer. you got to come back and get points of your own. You know, I think that's really important. When, if the Lions were to come out and get a touchdown or 10 points or something early, yeah, it's important to 
to try to prevent the other team from just coming right back and getting those same points. We do, we, we don't want this to be a shootout, and I can't see us the Lions' defense this early in the game holding San Francisco to, you know, 14 or less. You know, I really can't. I think it's going to be in the 20s for them, and then I'm curious where the Lions can get offensively. So, you know, again, it's all those things you talk about, like get off the field on third down, short yardage. You know, again, a trick play would be beautiful because these are the weeks where you can catch somebody by surprise. You can do a couple things, get you up over the hump. You can steal a game, however you want to call it. And I think I'm hoping that Dan freaking Campbell has that in him, you know, where he's willing to do that. He's willing to put himself on the line to, to do that type of thing. So a trick play early or at some point in this game, I would really circle that as something I'm looking for. Swift in the passing game, as I mentioned, him and Hawkinson kind of dominating the middle of the field. You know, guys on San Francisco that I see kind of being a real factor is, you know, if Nick Bosa is ready to go and if Taylor Ecker is out, you know, how are you going to scheme up your offensive line so that Bosa or D Ford or whoever can't wreak havoc on your quarterback? That's That's an important matchup to me. You know, Fred Warner, their linebacker against some of our players over the middle will be interesting. But I'm just waiting for them to totally use DeAndre Swift in the middle because, you could, yeah, you could hand it to him all you want. But I think he's way more dynamic in the passing game because his routes are crisp, his feet are sweet, and I think he can catch and get by you. So I'd feature him early and often in the passing game. You know, you want to be within striking distance at halftime, whether you're up or down, you know, you want to have it where it's a manageable football game. You're not at a whack in regards to giving up big plays. You're not turning the ball over a lot. That's what I would expect. And then let's say you get down in the third quarter for whatever reason. Lions get down. You know, they need to hang in the football game. You need to give yourself a chance heading into the fourth quarter of this game that lots of people have the 49ers winning by 7, 10, 14 points, whatever they want to throw out there. I think that you keep it close, the longer you keep it close, the more they get tight and the more the Lions are like, hey, we're, we're about to win this for Dan Campbell and company. We're about to just beat up, we're about to put up that dub against the 49ers here at our home. And I saw today rally towels are going to be given out. I think Ford Field is going to be nasty, it's going to be loud, it's going to be crazy. A lot of people have been itching to get back to a ball game. A lot of people are interested in what this team has it's a total question mark to be honest and win lose or draw I'm not going to come back here you know they could get blown out and it's not going to be the end of the world for me they could win the game and I'm not going to say they're the best team ever yet I am going to serve up a lot more Kool-Aid if they come out 1-0 after this ball game you know that drink it in and like I said I guess best case scenario is if they play a good game and we'll see where the chips fall at the end. You know, they hang in. It's an entertaining ball game. It's a lot of good plays back and forth. You see some stuff from the young cats. And then win or loss, you know, hey, walk away. Man, that was a fun game. Hey, they look good. Hey, some of the young players really seem to turn it on. That's the kind of things that I want to see. And like I say, when you get to the end of the ball game, well, I'll get to that in a minute with my game prediction. But I want to talk about this real quick. 
the absolute disrespect that continues to happen with the Lions. Now, we've been over this many a times here on the show. You know, oh, it doesn't matter what national media says. I don't care. I, I'm not going to put up with any of this hate on Detroit or the Lions or this, that, just because they haven't been good for however many years now. I'm worried about right now. I'm worried about this year. So, so here, here's the thing. You know, you kind of look around, Dan freaking Campbell, you know, some of these young players some of these young stud athletes, these draft picks. I mean, do you think they care about all this hate that's coming their way? You've had enough of that shit. Yeah, they, they, they've had enough of it. Do, do you think they're walking in there going, yeah, we're not good enough. We're not deep enough. We don't have enough playmakers. Our re- wide receivers are horrible. Oh, yeah, because we lost in the 1970s, we can't win in 2021. You know, Jared Goff's no good. Jeff Okuda's a bust. You know, Penny Sewell is just a turnstile. You know, you think they're saying that? Do you think they're buying into any of this garbage that you hear out there? I mean, local reporters, every time somebody steps to a podium, hey, you guys listen to all the hate out there. Like, do you use it as motivation? Do you like being an underdog? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the same old tired questions, right? I don't know if they're trying to bait people or if that's really all they look about is like how dark the sky is every day when they go outside. But I'm here to tell you, like these players... They don't listen to it. They don't read it. They don't worry about it. They're going to go there and do their best. Is their best going to be good enough? We'll see. But they're not buying into all this garbage that's out there in the national media, especially the big-time national people that are just, they got the Lions ranked like 32nd, 31st. You know, come on, man. Like, you know, this team, there's, there's just no way. With Brad Holmes the way he is and the way he knows talent, He's not going to put a 31st best roster out there. Not going to, you know, win two, three games. There's just, I just see no way of that happening. I'd be shocked. I know we're retooling, rebuilding. I know that they're going to add pieces with all these draft picks they have. Yeah, if you were bad, okay, now you have this premier chip plus whatever the Rams do to better your team. I get it. But I think the players are just so tired of hearing about you know, the struggles in Detroit and, hey, you know, do you think you'll be able to run the ball? And they're kind of like, well, why why wouldn't we be able to run the ball? Oh, because for the last 15 years you haven't been. Like, it's equivalent. Like, like we got the same lineman from 12 years ago out there. Or, hey, you know, because Kevin Smith washed out in three years, DeAndre Swift's going to be an issue. Like, it's, it's just getting annoying to me, to the players, to people. Now, this whole underdog mentality, yeah, I think you can play that card a little bit. I think you can come in there, oh, yeah, you know, we'll just try our best. We'll see what happens. And you go punch some people in the mouth, put up a couple W's, and people are like, man, we need to take notice of the Detroit Lions. Like, this team might be more than we thought. They might have some juice. Look at these receivers. They got nobody that's going to be on the uh, souvenir cup, but they can make plays. And that's what it's all about, to be honest. So, I think you can play the underdog card, but I think the players are just like, we're going to put our absolute best Detroit Lions players and team out there. We're going to scheme it up, coach it up, and we'll see what happens then. You know, I'm not, I I doubt they're going in just bowing to these top teams in the league just because they're on the top power rankings of some guy from NFL.com. You know, they're going there saying, we got the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. 
And that's it. That's all we're worried about. We don't care where we are in the rankings. We're not worried about the 2022 NFL draft. We don't care that you're hating on our quarterback every time you get a chance. Even though he was the number one pick, he's been to a Super Bowl, and he he smart football player. So I think it's a bunch of garbage. I think everybody's sick of it. And now it's up to the Lions players and coaches to tell the media and people we're not worried about it and we don't give a you-know-what, and then go out there and win. You know, find a way to win and shut all the haters up and get all the Lions fans, the Kool-Aid drinkers, to be like, I told you this team's got a little something. I told you they got a little bit of grit, a little bit of fight, a little bit of nasty in them. And they got to show that. And they got to win and make plays. And, and that'll be all you need to know. So there's one thing else you guys need to know on this part of the show. And that's my prediction. That's my game prediction. Again, you've heard... You know, me do the game by game, you know, where I try to entertain you when the schedule came out. I think we did it a few weeks ago with my buddy Chops here on the show where we went back through game by game and I gave you some win-loss, whatever it may be. But this is, we're basically two days out, two full days out from the ball game, being there in the parking lot, being there with 65,000 of my closest friends at the ball game, um, kicking off and then seeing what happens in this game. So, What's my what's my prediction? You know what's what's my score? Are they going to win? Are they going to lose? That's what you want to know here to end the show. Let me tell you this: for this ball game, I have a prediction of twenty four to twenty one. A close game, definitely. A uh, a game that. I hope and think will come down to somewhere in the fourth quarter, as most NFL games do. There's a there's a saying, as you guys heard me kind of go on a little bit of a rant on my Wednesday show. Talk a little bit of wrestling. Re- professional wrestling is back. It's one of the hottest things going right now. AEW, all elite wrestling to be a matter of fact. And there's a saying in the wrestling business that when they bring you in, if you're a new guy, veteran, a rookie, whatever, your first time in, your first match, your first you know, go at it when you're, when you're new or you're green, as they say, you know, they, they make you take a loss. You know, they pin you. They... They give you an L, and they do that so you can see how you react, see how you take it, see if you take it well and respond. You know, you come back after that. So, again, I've got this 24 to 21. And imagine now, some of you guys will get this, the lights go out. And just like to end the AEW pay-per-view, you hear that music. It's all about the boom. Adam Cole comes out. And, and, and he struts to the ring, you know. He, he's a big name. Everyone's excited. He gets in the ring and he says, you know, what he says. But in this context, he'd get in the ring and he'd say, San Francisco with the W, baby. And, you know, he'd go ahead and kick the head off of Dan Campbell and 
you know, we would have the heels on top, the bad guys, you know, the San Francisco 49ers beating your Detroit Lions. You know, everyone's excited, and then that happens, and you're like, oh, man, they had me, you know? I was, I, I thought they were going to get this victory, you know, Okri teed it up 24-21, now he's telling me it's going to be San Francisco getting that win, baby. Or are they? Are the Detroit Lions gonna then step up? Are they gonna hit the Lions music like Brian Danielson? And is there we gonna swoop in and win this football game 24 to 21? I mean, that's the ending, that's the go home, that's the send them home happy moment that we're looking for. I mean, Lions are trying to be great. And the Detroit Lions are trying to be great. They're striving for greatness. And it starts week one against the San Francisco 49ers. So just like a classic wrestling story, they're about to end the show. The music hits. It's Adam Cole, baby. He turns heel. Everybody is confused. Everybody's upset. We don't know what to think. And then boom. The, the baby faces music hits he comes out the people are going nuts I mean it's about being great it's about finding a way to win it's about being the absolute best and on Sunday at Ford Field the Detroit Lions are going to do just that they're going to win this football game 24 to 21 in thrilling fashion I mean the last thing I want to know and I think I already know the answer. I really do. But I'm asking the people. I'm asking the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Will the Lions make me correct? Will the Lions rise up and win this game in thrilling fashion? Will the Lions play much better than anyone is giving them credit for? I mean, I think that I know and you know the answer to that and all you have to do is simply take a moment and listen to the answer from all of the loyal diehard Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there That right there is the people chanting, yes, yes, the Lions can win. Yes, the Lions will win. And they will 
stand tall when Sunday is all said and done. You heard it here first on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Everybody, drink it in this weekend. Drink it in, man. Have a great time at home or at the game. Drink it in, man. Root on the Detroit Lions and don't care what any of the haters say or any of the negative people. Be positive. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread! Cornbread! I thank you guys so much for listening. I'll check you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, Drink it in.